0: everybody, episode four of the Puck Around podcast presented by Fantasy Hockey Network. As always, I'm your host, David Rosen, here on this lovely Sunday afternoon filled with hockey too. We got our round table here, Kyle Kagan, Jace Rosen, Steven Miota. How are you, our fellas?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Doing good. Happy to watch a lot of hockey today. It's going to be lovely. nine straight hours of me
2: on my couch watching hockey. Every week's getting better feels more normal. I dealt with a lot of headaches this week, but it felt good to be back. Like real, the full week.
0: It's true. And like this week is right where we've got a full week of action under our belt. Matchups ending this tonight, and it's been a jam-packed week. we got a jam-packed show for you as well, and we're going to start with the big news out of yesterday. Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, being traded to Winnipeg Jets for Patrick Lyon and Jack Rosleveig. Let's dive right into this, boys. Like, What were your first thoughts when you saw this, Kyle? First of all, I thought both teams
3: did a good job with the trade. It's not easy to trade two disgruntled stars, and they found and they made it work, especially for Winnipeg. You cannot trade for a 22-year-old number one center. Obviously, I don't think Dubois is as good of a fantasy player as Line, because Line a could put 40 in the net easily in a season. But it was a very, very, very productive trade for both teams. And then Columbus, the night they traded him, they beat the defending champs, so they must be real happy with themselves. It's actually
1: pretty funny because uh, we were watching that Columbus broadcast, and they got Patrick Laine in an intermission. The first intermission, they got an interview with him, and the guy, the Columbus broadcaster, was just like, yeah, you know, it's really great. We're going to have you on. You're obviously going to be able to score. This team needs scoring, and Laine goes – Needs scoring. They just scored three goals in the first period, and it, it was <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny, but
0: he's I love know. that about him. He's got personality, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's a funny guy. That's that's that is what he's there for. He scores goals. He's a great goal scorer. It's tough, and I'm not gonna say I don't want to say that any side really won by a sizable margin. Like I do think that there's still two young great players. But if you can get someone who has the, like, the talent to score 50 goals, it just – it's crazy. It's crazy. Not to mention that person who can score 50 goals is also
2: 21 years old or 22 years
1: old. 22, yeah. But yeah.
0: yeah.
2: yeah, Who do you think they line up with? Like, I think that's—it's they're going to both be in, an, like, an opportune situation. But, like, I think line A is already the more skilled one. And I think he's going to be in a better situation. Scheifele is already going to take up a lot of time as the number one center there, not that he's not a number one center Dubois, but is the better number one center, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. who's going to play with do you guys? I mean, who's Dubois going to play with on the second line there, and like, do does his numbers stay as his production from last year?
1: I actually think this is interesting because I was thinking a lot about this last night. And I was thinking about who could be one of the biggest beneficiaries of this trade. And I thought to myself, Nick Ehlers could really benefit from this. Like, if you look at Nick Ehlers, you know, he had some time, obviously, on the first line just to start the season. But Kyle Connor seems to be fixed in place with Shifley and Wheeler now because they're just an insane line. Nick Ehlers hasn't necessarily played with the most talented centerman in his career like he's played a lot with Brian Little who is a great centerman but I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is a lot better than Brian Little and I would see Pierre-Luc Dubois slotting in on that second line with with Ehlers and, and Kopp actually Cobb actually looked really good last night too but I think those are going to be his wingers I think he comes in on the second line Statsny also could play on the, the wing too I, I think oh yeah was I saying forgot about, I, about him there yeah, That's Sheva was was saying something about Statsny playing the wing. So I could even see Statsny Dubois uh, Ehlers being a line. And I, I think it helps out Nick Ehlers a lot. I think it does. I think it does. He's going to get someone who can legitimately be, a, I think, a much better playmaker for him. And, you know, even with his line and his minutes right now, he's scoring. So I think this could be a really good boost for Nick Ehlers. I, I really am
0: confident in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. He's always somewhat gotten the, the short end of the stick in Winnipeg, right? Because he's definitely a part of their top six in their core, but hasn't gotten that opportunity to really be on the top line or top power play and have a real, like, you know, steady sediment with them. So hopefully Dubois can do that for him. I, I do agree that Stasny is probably going to move to the wing to start, and that would be the line with Stasny on the left, uh, Dubois down the middle, and then um, Ehlers on the right. Uh, but shifting focus to to Columbus and maybe where Line is going to slot in, my initial thought was maybe he'll line up with uh, Bjorkstrand, but Bjorkstrand's also going to be on the right side, right? So I don't necessarily see that on five on five happening. So where does he slid in? Right now we have Felina with Domi and Atkinson. Is it Atkinson who's probably getting moved down, right? Like I I do think they're going to give Line every opportunity right now to be the guy. Um, so it, I, I think he's going to go right up that line one. I really do. It's not like I don't. their Atkinson's having too much success right now. And what I was saying with Jace yesterday is that this trade needs to work for Yarmo Kekalina, right? This is a yeah. big deal, trading their, 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 their number one prospect in their system, probably their best player on their team right now, a disgruntled star. It's a trade that has to work out for him or else it could be his job. Right. So to me, like he has to be given every opportunity to succeed. And if it's him or Torts and Torts isn't playing him, like it, it's got to be lining over Torts in this situation now. So to me, I see him going right to line one. I see him right on that power play on the left half wall, you know, firing one timers. And, and do I think the production may be a bit down just because he's going to Columbus, a team that doesn't score as much? Maybe, but at the same time, like, just watching him in that first game, he seemed you know, determined this year. And maybe that was just to get out of Winnipeg. Who knows? But I, I see him having a big year. Like this guy can score goals, right? And that's the hardest thing to do in this league. You can, can you can tell me your opinion any day of the week. My idea of, of what the hardest thing to do in this league is to put pucks in the back of the net. It has the biggest impact on the game. And he can do that, right? He can, if he can give you 40 a year, Right? Like you you just got the stud winger who's 22 years old. Right? Like so so what do you guys think? Are, are, do you agree with me or, or like where is he going? You know,
2: one of the last few times he was the guy was 17 years old World Junior Championship, and he was a stud there. He had he had Aho and Pulyarve, but both him and Pul were 17-year-old underagers at this tournament, and Aho was 18, not an even know overager. So He comes to Winnipeg, and you've got Shifley, Wheeler, a number of other big players. I don't know. Like, some players, when they're the guy, it's thrust upon them. They actually do better. I think that's the situation from here. Like, I think he's going to excel knowing that he's the guy. Not always – you know, it's not that it's been like he's been fighting for that with the other guys, but he's not going to get – the puck every single look on the on on that winnipeg power play kyle connor will put the puck in the net too yeah right so i don't know i think this is a good situation for him i think it's going to be better than it was for winnipeg and he already scored 40 goals in winnipeg so
3: yeah i completely agree obviously the nhl is a much different level in the world juniors and we've seen that with a whole bunch of players but he should have an opportunity here um, Aaron Portsline, who's actually the athletic senior reporter for the Blue Jackets, said he's most likely to slot in first-line left winger with Max Domi. Okay. And they're not sure who he's supposed to be with in terms of Atkinson mm. or Bjorkstrand. But no matter what, that's a pretty solid line for
0: him. <laughs> Please be Bjorkstrand. Please be
3: Bjorkstrand. That would be an electric line. Bjorkstrand's been great this year. so I- I would I'm a be, big Bjorkstrand guy. Yeah, I'd be more than down to um, see a pretty offensive heavy line in Columbus, which we haven't seen in a while. In,
0: interesting point I kind of saw online. Um, like, my initial reaction was I, I kind of didn't get it. Like, like, to me, I saw like, line A as someone It was an elite goal scorer in this league. And to me, like, Dubois, like, even though people are considering him that number one, you know, great elite centerman, like, he's never taken that, the- that step to me. In my opinion, to so really be I don't think it's apples
2: out. to apples. Yeah, I don't I think guess, so.
0: I guess, but at the same time, what I saw online is that you had two disgruntled stars who wanted out, and the reality is you probably would not have been able to get any better deal for them, either in either side. So when I when I saw that, I I kind of was like, you know what, you know, they're right, right? So like, A wanted out. Were you gonna do better than a Dubois, a 22-year-old centerman who can? You know, be anywhere in your lineup and be a dominant two-way center, probably not. You know, and vice versa, right? Can are we going to do better than Lion a, a 22-year-old winger who can put 40 goals in the net? Most likely not.
2: So, you know what? Sorry, I didn't mean to kill you off there. When I meant when I said apples to apples, I meant I think A is on another level. Not that they're different mm-hmm. players, which they are. But they're comparable enough that you can compare them. They're both young forwards that can be the guy. Mm-hmm. But I do agree with you. Laine's uh, another tier up, in my opinion. But you look I, at the numbers from over the last two years, they're pretty good. They're pretty similar in terms of production. So,
3: I, I really think you guys are undervaluing the importance of an amazing two-way centerman. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, in fantasy-focused, Laine is a better player. If I'm picking one player to start a team, I'm picking Dubois here. Look, you, sure, you might not know, but I'd <laughs> rather have a no type player who can play both sides of the puck versus line A, who is completely offensive reliant. And if he's off, he's off. You're getting nothing from him in that game. If Dubois is not scoring, yeah. you know he's able to shut another line down. And you know he's able to carry the load for your team and make your other lines have a much easier time. So, obviously, fantasy-wise, line A is better. I'm not 100% sure to say that line A is a more valuable player.
1: Back to fantasy. is I'm thinking about which player from Columbus gets hurt the most from this. And I think that's Cam Atkinson. Because... No! Because I think, well, here's the thing. Cam Atkinson, if you look at their power play lineup right now, Cam Atkinson is slotted on the left side. He's supposed to be that left defenseman on the power play. Like, he is taking that left side of the ice right now. Patrick Laine is going to say, oh, that's cute, and then put up his one-timer nonstop from that (laughs) one spot. Like, Patrick Laine is going on that first power play. He is going to that left side. He's going to own that half board, and he's going to be taking so many one-timers. Cam Atkinson's dropping. That's just the fact of the matter. Like, there's no way you can make I this don't... trade and keep Cam Atkinson above Patrick Laine in
2: this sense. You just can't. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that because I have Cam Atkinson on my teams. I think he's going to hold the position because he scored 34 goals a couple of years ago. But Patrick so, Laine uh... scored 44 <laughs> goals
1: that
3: year.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, Laine's taking that top spot, right? Yeah.
3: Cam yeah,
2: Atkinson That's a not that is is great He hasn't had the greatest start to the year Cam Atkinson So yeah.
1: maybe,
0: maybe he gets moved to the net front though Right Where maybe it's he true. could be a better setter off Right He can be that Gallagher type in front of the net
1: Yeah They have Felino up on the top power play Maybe they, they adjust You know I, I just think that in terms of that spot That he once had on that power play No more That's lining well, yeah, Let's, yeah, let's
0: yeah. shift our focus here Um, We've done a lot of the diverging here on uh, the PLD, the uh, News, and we'll get more into it this week, I'm sure, too. There's still lots of fallout and implications um, that we've yet to see. Um, But let's shift our focus here into what's going on in Washington. Um, Obviously, some really tough news for them this week. They're going to be out, Samsonov, Alexander Ovechkin, Dmitry Orlov, and Evgeny Kuznetsov for at least the next four games, uh, possibly nowhere uh, guys, what have you done to adjust your rosters? I know, Steven, you have Kuznetsov. So, what did you do in particular this week to kind of shift your focus? Uh, I got
2: pretty lucky. Like, I, you know, the moment I noticed that he wasn't going to be available, if I remember correctly, I snagged James Van Riemsdyk, who's had a point per game, two or three goals already, power play production, some shots. I mean, JVR is not going to replace 70, 80 point production from Kuznetsov, but he'll get you. 55, 60 points over full season, 25 goals. So it's a pretty decent band-aid with JVR there. Philadelphia's not playing fantastic either right now, but yeah, I kind of have to just make do because, you know, Washington's still playing. They're still going. Yeah. Like.
0: yeah they're, they're not getting postponed. And what we were talking about yesterday is that you can't even put these guys in an IR or IR plus spot too. So, it's a big disadvantage this week, right? Like, so, actually,
2: did. actually, yeah. Kuznetsov is IR eligible. It's, oh, is it's, so is it's the eligible. ones that are postponed, like Nashville mm-hmm. or Dallas players, that were not able to be moved. Okay. So, Kuznetsov, you know, the, 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 the salt in the wound is here is that I'm not going to get to replace those games. There aren't going to be, you know, at the last month before playoffs, a bunch of games I'm going to get from Kuznetsov now, postponed games.
1: That's the big difference between these postponements and obviously, like, these incidents with, like, Washington and whatnot. Like, Nashville – or, sorry, Dallas players and Carolina players, Florida players, too, who have dealt with this, they will get those games back. They will. So you're going to see postponed on your teams right now, but at – we don't know when, but could be even during playoff time, which could be huge for you. You're going to get those games back. Ovechkin, Samsonov – Orlov, Kuznetsov, you just lost four games to those guys. Yeah. No replacement. Sucks.
0: Uh, let, let's talk about what you said there for a second, though. Like, those postponed games, so teams like Florida, Carolina, Nashville, like, those games are going to get made up at some point. And like you were saying, if it's if it's during a leak later in the year where um, you're trying to get into the playoffs, or maybe it's in the, in a playoff week, that could be huge for certain players, right? If they have five games in a week, right, that schedule has to get adjusted somehow. And and now those players are more valuable. So are you targeting guys like that?
2: To me, the way I look at it is if a trade comes, it sweetens the deal if they're one of those teams. But there's no one on the wire that I'm picking up right now that I'm like is good enough that I'm worrying about those extra two weeks of games maybe at the end of the season. It'd have to be a trade. And it it wouldn't be a game-breaker for me at least. Because, Mm -hmm. yes, we keep talking about how we're going to postpone these games. But what if it happens again in two weeks to Nashville again, and then mm-hmm. and then one more time? What mm-hmm. if there isn't enough time to postpone and re-plan these games, and it goes by winning percentage? You can't bank on the fact that they're gonna postpone all of them because they only gave themselves a month. What if yeah. there's too many to, to replace? I
0: I, I just don't know how you would do it by winning percentage again like last year though. That's the same. Like they all have to play the same amount of games to me this year,
2: right? But I, they, they didn't last year, did they? Not everybody
0: they didn't, but they expanded playoffs to make it to, like everyone in the bubble, right? Like things were That's different. True. They had a qualifier.
2: That's true. It'll, it's a weird year. It's a weird it is.
0: weird. And you're not wrong. It's going to happen. You're not, you're not wrong. It's going to happen again. Um, but it's already happened to a team like Florida twice, right? And it wasn't even them who had the COVID issues. So to me, like a guys like Ekblad, like Barkov, Huberto, like I think they're going to have great value later on in the year, especially if they're playing four or five games every week. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, but like Steven's also right. It could also turn into something where they keep on postponing. Like there's only so many games you can postpone and it's tough to avoid all this stuff. It really, really, really is tough to avoid all this stuff. So it's definitely a crazy year. I would probably proceed with caution there. I think those guys are more valuable because of the fact they could have down like more games down the line. But, again, you know, evaluate your team strengths, evaluate your team's depth, and just keep an eye on everything. Really all you can do.
0: One, one final thing I want to say here just before we shift our focus. Um, I got asked this week online if points were going to be retroactive. Um, and, and, just like, just so if anyone knows, they're, they're not going to be retroactive. The points you get are going to be for the week that you're playing in. So any postponed games, uh, that are played in the future are going to count for that current week at hand. That's good to um, know. Yes. but let's move our focus to injuries and what's going around the league. So just from, uh, just a little round table here from what we noticed last night, uh, Joe Thornton, he's going to be out for at least a month. It seems like with rib fracture. Tom Wilson, I don't know the extent of the injury yet, but he took a, a little fall the other day, and he's day-to-day. Same with Jamie Benn uh, and Burakovsky. He's missed a few games. Cam Talbot, he tweaked something in his last game, and Kacken actually came in. Cap- Capo Kakinen actually, he's going to be on my waiver while I call him tomorrow, and was going to be discussed even if Talbot didn't get hurt because he's been playing well. Uh, so he's definitely someone to keep your eye on. I don't know the extent of that injury. Uh, are there any injuries I'm missing, guys?
2: Those are the major ones that I can Mm -hmm. think of, those are the ones, just just for the listeners, right? Like, these aren't the biggest names around the league. But someone like Burakovsky, who's playing on the top line with McKinnon. Someone like Thornton, who's playing on the top line with Matthews and Marner. Whoever's going to go there, if it's a Hyman, for instance, that's a great plug-and-play when you need a player, Mm -hmm. right? Those openings in a roster allow for that.
0: No, I think those are pretty much all the big ones. Um, And we'll keep you posted online, on Twitter, on Instagram, if there are any that keep popping up. Um, but there are some quick hits that we want to get to. Just some brief news, some things we've noticed around the league this week that might uh, have some long-term implications. Uh, Kyle, what, do you, what were you thinking there? Um, there was one quick quick note about
3: Winnipeg. Morrissey has appeared to take over the number one power play spot from uh, my man, crush Neil Pionk. He uh, – I, and I don't think Pionk's getting it back anytime soon because the prevailing theory online is that Morrissey – is better at passing to Connor because he's a lefty, and Pionk's better at passing to line A because Pionk's a righty. But without Mm -hmm. line A in the lineup, it looks like Morrissey might hold that down a bit more. Uh, Tony D'Angelo is finally back in the lineup, and he's still not power play one. He did get some time in overtime, and he actually was a third shootout shooter for the Rangers in a game. But it looks like it might take him some time to get the job back in New York.
0: How random do you find that, that he actually put him out there as the third shooter? I know, it was nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, 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 I'm not going to use you at all during the game, pretty much. No power play, but you know what? Big time moments. You're a big time player. <laughs> Get out there for, the, for the third shot in the shootout.
2: Yeah, Tony had to log off his burger account and grab his stick to go shoot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is fantastic. But seriously, like, what if you have Tony D on your roster right now, what do you do?
3: Y- you hold him. Guess what place he came in defenseman points last year in the league? Um, was it something high? It was something high. It was like he four. was the fourth leading scorer. That like defenseman score, that ceiling is so high that you, you need a hold. His trade value mm-hmm. is so low and his ceiling is so high. You got to hold and hope for the best at this point. It hurts. It sucks to have a third pair D man who's on with Jack Johnston who's going to be a fat minus, but you, you kind
0: of just have to hold on to him.
3: Do you
0: guys agree? I do agree. You either have... You have to hold for the next little bit for sure, and as soon as he has one game where he puts up some sort of points, a goal, assists, two points, whatever it is, you you'd look to trade him. I'm not sure if you're ever going to get full value for him, but if you can get something decent back, you got to trade him. Because yeah, it's not yeah. going to be a good situation this year.
2: He scares me. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I don't know the name well enough. If he, I don't know. Something about that player, I don't trust. Adam the Fox is amazing. He's better. He's a so better it player. It, it makes it easy to keep him on the top power play. You're not going to deal with that headache. Like if I'm Tony D'Ang- like if I'm a, an owner of Tony D'Angelo in the league, I'm looking for someone else who's not happy with. Him. Hmm. I, I don't want to bring up the name because I'm bringing them up later. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, you, you're looking for buy low candidates with him for sure
1: exactly exactly but you kind of need to find
0: like the time for him where he actually has some value and there's just nothing right now and Mm -hmm. and and to me like like you put so much investment in his draft capital that you don't really want to cut him yet right but a few more weeks and if he's still doing nothing it is gonna get to that point I think
1: yeah like he definitely has that talent and it's funny because one of the one of my leagues one of the guys was saying to me hey you want Tony D'Angelo I said. If I'm trading for Tony D'Angelo, you're going to get terrible value. I'm not going to give you anybody great. And I think that's pretty much the the point here is you do have to hold. You can't make any rash decisions, try and move them out right now, especially on the investment. It's going to be a very, very, very poor return.
0: Okay, so let's, uh, let's shift gears here. And I want to go into some studs and duds talk because everyone loves to do that. Uh, I know there's some guys on my fantasy team who have just been killing it to start the year, and I'll give them as much credit as I can. So let's, uh, let's go around the round table here, and we'll, we'll, do, we'll do some studs first. So Chase, who's someone uh, around the league who's just been great to start the year, and you want to give them a little, little shout-out here on the podcast?
1: I want to give a shout-out to Jacob Chitren from the Arizona Coyotes. This is a guy I drafted in my, the 18th round of my draft. And it varied. I took him in a couple different teams, but it's around that 17th and 19th round pick. And he's been starting really well. He's got five points in his first six games. He's got 12 shots. He gets blocks. He gets hits. He's a good category guy. And if he puts up the points on that Arizona defense where Oel's hurt right now, so he might be trusted a little bit more. He's got a booming shot. It's. I think they're starting to trust him a lot more, and I think he's definitely grown over his time there, and he's becoming a really good defenseman and someone that I think they can look up to for the future, someone that can really take over that number one role for them moving forward. So Jacob Chitrin, he's my stud, especially where he was drafted in a lot of leagues. He's putting up some great value right now.
0: I'm with you. With OEL out, he's in a really good spot. I uh, mentioned on my waiver column, he's the number one defenseman I'd be going after if he's available in your league right now. Uh, but Kyle, let me let's speak with you. Give me a stud. Okay,
3: you boys know me. I love my two-way center, man. So my, my stud is Nick Suzuki. He started out. He started off the year with a six-game road point streak, second player in NHL history to do that. He is playing unbelievably, and I am very excited to have him as an 11th round pick in a keeper league. What well, What do you guys think about Suzuki?
0: I love nick suzuki i don't know if you saw the the replay they showed last night in hockey night um they were showing the difference between him and petterson and what like how they're playing right now and they were they were matched up together last night and nick suzuki was just relentless on the puck he looked like the energizer buggy you could not knock him off the puck he was all over the place he he actually destroyed petterson on a hit too he went right through him and then you saw Pedersen. He looked very timid. He looked very, he was moving slowly. And you just saw the difference in their game right now. And to me, that's it. Like the Suzuki, he's playing with confidence. The hands are unbelievable. The power play is clicking. And I'm, I, I'm big on Suzuki. Love him as a stud. Um, Kyle, Steven, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I, I want to say I like Suzuki number, number one. I want to get my, my point in there because you think about it Suzuki's the top center on the top team in the league right now. Right, I was taking a step mm-hmm. away back from fantasy for a moment. But, anyways, my stud, my man, Kevin Hayes, thirteenth round. I got him second last draft, draft second last pick, for me in the, in one of my leagues, one of my important leagues. And he's what two points over a point per game right now? Eight points, six games. He's been off to a great start. He's being leaned on. There's no Couturier right now. Mm-hmm. Two weeks. You know, Philly's been leaning on that line heavily, and Kevin Hayes is the one player. I don't know what it is. I find Philly players streaky, Giroux streaky, me streaky. Hayes hasn't been streaky. He's been putting up production every single game. So he's been fantastic.
0: He has been very steady um, and definitely something like, Somewhat unexpected, right? He's always been closer to that 55, you know, 60-point guy, I'd say. They signed him to a big contract a couple of years ago, and you never really saw that that big point-per-game production from him. But maybe this is the year. He's getting the opportunity. So definitely been a stud to start the gate, out of the gate, for sure. I want to get my stud, too. Uh, <laughs> Thomas Hurdle. I, I gave him some love before the year, and he's it's clearly showing off. He must have read what I wrote about him, right? Six points through his first five games. Um, and looking like a le- legitimate bounce backhanded. I-, I love to see it personally. Three goals, three assists, on a good, p- decent power play. I also feel like those San Jose games are going to be a bit more high scoring and he's going to have some opportunities. Um, but I- I'm just happy to see him have a good start out of the gate too. Jace, give me a dud.
1: So my dud is Evgeny Malkin. He's somebody I took likely in the second round of my draft. I have him on a couple teams, but it was either the second or third round. And for someone you draft that high, you just expect a lot more. He's just got two points in his first five games, 11 shots. He's shooting the puck a lot less. I'd say if there's any flip side is that he has looked better over the last two games. But still, you expect a lot better point generation from that pick, from that round. And mm-hmm. for, for someone who's really, I'd say, like, he's the complementary piece on that team, which is insane because he's still a great player. But he is realistically kind of the Luigi to Sidney Crosby's Mario. So Crosby's putting up points right now. You would expect the same from Gino. You really would. And it's a little upsetting. I'm not getting that. But, you know, still fingers crossed. I still believe he can put up those points. But you expect more. You just expect more.
0: For sure. For sure. And where he was going in drafts, it was either, you know, second or third round. Um, He definitely had a really slow start those first few games. It's been better the past two, like you're saying. But just watching them, they look... They don't, he doesn't have it like he's had in years past yet. So, so, so let's see what happens in the next little bit, and, and hopefully he can start to pick it up. Uh, Steven, let's, let's hear from your dud. Who you got?
2: Yeah, it's Zach Wierenski. Maybe this turns around. Maybe Columbus goes on a little bit of a run with some of the changes going on there. But I drafted Wierenski pretty high. I think it's my, uh, my second defenseman. And my first one was John Carlson, so it's still saying a lot. Um, but he just got his first point the other night. It was a goal, which is nice, but what, one point in six games? This guy is like a 60, 50-point defenseman over a full season. It's not the craziest thing in the world. It's not a Malkin who is, you know, a world-class stud, but Wierenski is a top defenseman in the league. He should be putting up more. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see what happens with Columbus.
0: Interesting to see what uh, their power play units look like when Line a comes. Uh, I actually think it's going to be similar to what Winnipeg, that, that whole issue with the right-handed, left-handed shot. If they're going to stick with that, maybe it's Seth Jones on that right shot, with that right shot, passing the puck over to Line a and Wierenski's on that second unit, right? I
3: really
0: hope not. That'd be interesting. <laughs> I, uh, for my Seth Jones bet, personally, I kind of hope it is. Um, but we shall see.
3: For all the new see. viewers out there, Avery and I have a bet where if Seth Jones has more fantasy points in a standard Yahoo League, I have to buy him a Seth Jones jersey. But if Neil Pionk has more points, he has to buy me a Pionk jersey. And even though Pionk's disappointed, Jones has somehow disappointed more, giving you one secondary assist on an empty net goal this entire year so far in terms of point production. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, I know this goes against my view, but like, Pionk hasn't been disappointing, in my opinion, right? Like He's been taking off the power play, and he's still getting points.
1: Long story short, you both get the, the short end of the stick. It doesn't matter who wins. You're getting either a Seth Jones jersey or you're getting a
3: Neil Pionk jersey. I don't so, know. Neil Pionk jersey is pretty elite.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, two elite players in the game. So I don't, know. I don't see anyone getting uh, cut off short here.
3: But. All, all I know, Neil Pionk currently rated 116 in your average Yahoo league, Seth Jones 347. So uh, that's one number four. Mary Moving
0: Xander. on. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> give, me, give me a dud.
3: Yeah, my dad's Elias Patterson. Obviously, yeah. he hasn't been performing the way we've expected him to, especially since their offense has not been quiet. Bo Horvat has been going off these first couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. Pedersen cannot seem to get his feet under him or be able to produce any offense.
0: I'm a little, I'm a little scared about him right now, but we'll, we'll dive into that more in a second. Um, I, my dad here is going to be Tristan Jari, and I'm going to shift focus and go with the goalie. Um, Tristan Jari, he had expectations going into this year, right? He's supposed to be the number one goalie in Pittsburgh, right? But I think every fan has looked at what's been going on to start the year and think, oh my God, we traded the wrong guy. And it's hard not to think that, right? Jari's been really, really below average. I don't, I, I don't want to harp on guys too much. He's been below average to start the year and there's already controversy, right? Like two, three games in, he, he there's like, it's like, is this Smith going to be the guy? So to me, like he's been a dud oh. to start the gate. You probably drafted him, you know, as a you know, mid-pack goalie. So, so to me, like that, he he's been a little dud to start the gate. And and if Kristen, uh Casey De Smith has another good game, like it, he's probably the guy for at least for the next little bit. So he yeah, also uh, he's also going to be mentioned in my waiver article and and someone I'd be keeping my eye on for sure. Uh, but with all this in mind, this is stuff that's related to buying low and selling highs in the trade market. And we touched on him there for a second. So let, let's get into Elias Petterson. And if he's a good buy-low target, what do you guys think?
2: He's great. You can get him cheap. And someone who is not comfortable with his production right now, you definitely go for him. This guy is the guy on that team. Like, there's a ton of good secondary scoring. And Bo horvath's their captain, yes. Petterson's the guy. He is the most skilled forward on that team. You can get him in fantasy at a discount,
1: yes. He's he's actually my buy-low candidate. And, like, even if you're still watching the games, you may think that Elias Pettersson has not been fantastic offensively, and he he definitely hasn't. But it's not like he's still being relied on. Like, if you look at their power play, they're still feeding him the puck. And he's still taking a lot of one-timers. He actually had a couple nice shots last night, hit a crossbar. just missed the net on one. Like He scored. He's, he's, yeah, scored a goal. Well, he scored. It was a tip. It was a deflection, his goal. But like, he still is going to get opportunities. And the organization definitely has trust in him moving forward. Like, I think he has now been pegged to be their next. Like Obviously, Stephen was saying he's the guy. He's definitely pegged to be that star for them for the future. And it, I think he's just – he's obviously a little streaky. He's usually starting fast out of the gate. This year, it's been slower, but I still have trust in Elias Pettersson. I still think he has that talent.
3: He'll score. He'll put up points. He's just – you've got to be patient. Whenever he's not, he's a point-per-game player. Last year, he had 66 points in 68 games. He had 66 the year before as well. He's a spectacular player. He'll pick it up, I hope, because he was also a <laughs> – my hot take was he could be a heart, <laughs> uh, a heart trophy competitor this year.
0: I'm a little more – I guess, pessimistic than you guys. I, I'm a little scared. I'm not going to lie. I, um, I was big on him going into this year, but maybe our expectations with him are too high. Like, maybe we expected him to be, to, to get in that stratosphere of, like, the point per game of, a, of a, you know, Matthews, of, of a ben, dry saddle. Like, those guys, like, maybe we were expecting that. Like, I, like he's never been that, that goal scorer, obviously, but, like, playmaking ability, I think we all saw that talent. So said, wow, this guy has the ability just to be unbelievable. But like you were saying, 66 and 68 is great. Don't get me wrong, but he hasn't taken that next step yet. His underlying numbers actually aren't fantastic. This year to start, he hasn't been great. Expected goals, course, lead, possession numbers, not have, they haven't been good. So you're, you're not wrong. They're giving him the opportunities, but maybe Vancouver isn't as good as we thought. To start. I never thought they were actually that great to start the year. I thought them in the sixth in division. But, but maybe we're we'll starting to lower our expectations of Pedersen a bit here. And maybe he's just not in that upper tier of, of elite forwards just yet.
1: I don't know if I necessarily put him in that, that upper echelon with, you know, with the McKinnons and with the Dreisaitlis, with McDavid's. I don't think he's on that elite level. But I still do think he's a superstar talent. That is what I'm saying. I wouldn't put him in that group. Mm-hmm. He's a tier below, maybe another tier, two tiers below. But he still has the talent to be fantastic.
0: Rest of the season, who do you take, Elias Pettersson or Miko Rantanen? Give me Rantanen. It's a tough. I'm thinking Rantanen too. I think I think, think Pettersson. I think Pettersson. Why? I think I would say
2: Pettersson too. Pettersson's the guy. McKinnon's the guy on Avalanche. Pettersson's the guy
1: when it's McKinnon's rolling. So much the guy that Rantanen has just
2: evolved into such a great player. Steve, yeah,
3: the guy yeah, 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 yeah. that's fair. That's, you know, that's a great point. is not the guy. You right? can't argue that McDavid's not the guy. Drysaddle was the best fantasy player last year, and he won the Hart Trophy. Mm-hmm. Like, being the guy doesn't necessarily translate to being the best fantasy player, which McKinnon is, for the record. But it, it can also translate to the people who can be the guy on another, another team around you being spectacular and opening them up for a whole bunch of opportunities.
0: And I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. Obviously, Renton is not the guy, but he's still a great player playing in a great situation. He's a volume shooter, and that's why I think I'm taking him over him right now. Like, like his situation isn't going to change. Yeah. Like, he's already got four goals through five games. He could you be love- a top goal. Player. I do love it's- Renton. You-, you
3: love your shooters. You love them. I do.
0: I love my shooters. Look, it's four goals on 20 shots.
3: He's probably not shooting 20% for the entire year, but he's putting up a ton of shots. And that really, really helps when you, if you ask yourself, is this sustainable? And I really think it is semi-sustainable.
0: <laughs> and, and just to point this out before we move on, like Rantanen's down year last year was still 41 points in 42 games. So An injury, um, yeah. Yeah, so, so maybe that's something to take into account too. I know we, this, we're getting a little off topic and it was more of a rest of the season prediction. Um, but, but that's it's something that I, I, I keep an eye on and, and we'll see what happens with Elias Patterson going forward. Um, but uh, Stephen, let's let's tackle another uh, buy low right now. Who are you thinking?
2: Uh, I'm gonna go with Rasmus Dahlin. He has not produced the way I thought. Like I, I thought he was gonna explode out of the gate this year with, you know, on a power play with Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel, one year, you know, older, one more wiser. You know, his numbers last year were pretty good. They were really good for a second year defensive player someone that you would think is going to take a step forward because you saw when he was being scouted and then drafted. This guy has groundbreaking offensive talent. And then you got Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall now. I don't think that all being said, that talent we were just talking about, that hasn't gone anywhere. So, buy low.
0: Yeah, That's I'm with you. Uh, underlying numbers are actually really strong. I do think that power play will pick it up and he'll start to chip in there. The only thing that somewhat scares me with him is that he doesn't really contribute in other categories. Like, he's got actually a decent amount of shots, okay? He's got 13 through five games, which isn't terrible, um, two blocks only. But, like, he he's point-reliant, right? If you're not getting points from him, um, he's not giving you really much else. So, to me, yeah. that's have got something to keep an eye on. I do think he'll, keep, he'll, he'll bounce back. Like you said, 40 points last year, um, 59 games. He's still really young, right? He's 20 years old, so – um, look for him to start to pick it up, too. I, I'm not as worried about him as I would be Elias Patterson. <laughs> 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 okay, Kyle, moving on here. Give me a, a uh, buy-low candidate.
3: My buy-low candidate's uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois. I know we've talked about him a lot, so I'll keep this brief. But a lot of owners are already annoyed by not getting much production out of him for the first two weeks of the season. And now he has to quarantine for two weeks in Winnipeg. So they might be looking to move him. So I'd ask around and see what his price is. Ken Weeb, who's a sense beat writer in Winnipeg, said he'll be on the bumper Mm -hmm. in the first power play in Winnipeg. So that's a very valuable spot. It'll be interesting to see where all the other pieces fall with Kyle Connor. But Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in
0: seeing Dubois' price. How about you guys? Uh, Winnipeg actually really likes to utilize the bumper on the power play. You saw it last night with Stasny; he scored that. Uh, they love to go download a Wheeler with a quick pass right to the slot, to the bumper, and for that one timer. And they they used it. They do it perfectly too, in my opinion. Stasny scored a nice goal on it last night. So if he's in that spot, I think he's in a great opportunity. But yeah, something I'll be looking at. I'm not ban- I'm not going to break my bank for him. I'm not going to give too much. But if there's something you can definitely um, get for cheap, yeah. For sure, take a look. We'll give one more here and then we'll move into some uh, sell high candidates and just on the flip side. But one guy I'm definitely looking at in terms of buying low is Kevin Fiala. And I gave Kevin Fiala a lot of love before the start of the year. And it's been a tough year. It's been a tough year. I'm sure a tough year, a tough start, not tough year. Uh, I'm sure there's been lots of people like myself who have been hoping for more production out of the gate. But I'm also going to tell them to be be cautious. Like everything's okay. Like he's got 20 shots throughout the gate, which I think is top five in the league. So he's shooting the puck a lot. He's just not scoring. This, the goals are going to come. His possession numbers are really quite amazing, actually. 56.4% Corsi is fantastic. You know, he's only got one empty netter. They don't ask how, they ask how many. But I, I'm not too worried about Kemp Fiala. He's going to start getting those, those pucks in the back of the net. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you a little, are you a little more uh, pessimistic than I am?
2: I think he'll be fine. He looked real good at the end of the year. And I think some of the love was being shown to Kapazov and Kapazov mm-hmm. had a little bit of a heyday in his first three games and that was kinda not that it takes the steam out of other players, but sometimes the puck is just I don't know what it is. Puck just is drawn to certain players and wasn't being drawn to Fiala in those first couple games, but mm-hmm. I think it'll settle. I don't I'm not I'm not worrying about him. He's a very good player and he shoots the puck and those pucks go in the net when that happens. Things happen, right?
3: be honest, I'm a little more bearish on Fiala than you guys. Mm-hmm. If you look at his line, he's with Benino and Johansson, and I'm sorry, those two don't scream offense. The power play is not really producing that much. So I just don't think he's surrounded by that much talent like a guy like Rantanen is that we brought up earlier, where he's able to rely on his teammates to set him up versus Fiala pretty much needs to do everything himself in order to produce. So he's, he's just in a tougher situation. So I'm a little more bearish, but I do think he'll obviously pick it up a bit. He gets the puck on net, and that's the number one rule in fantasy. If a guy gets the puck on net, he's probably going to trickle in.
0: No, you're not wrong. He's not playing on the strongest of lines. That being said, Minnesota is also a defensive team. They don't tend to score as much just to begin with. But I, I imagine that power play will start to be a bit more effective going forward. Maybe they move Spurgeon off. Maybe they give uh, Ericsson to look up there he's actually been really t- strong to start the year to me he's a he's got an elite shot and he can drive play as well so to me I'm not worried even though you're saying he's got you know a guy like Ranton who's got better players to play with to me Fiala is a star like uh, he hasn't maybe shown it as much yet but he's a star and I'm waiting to see it but I'm not worried i really not he's got great underlying numbers He's putting pucks on that. The goals are going to start to come. I hope so. so. I have Fiala in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I hope so too. My, my Fiala stocks are definitely hoping so. Um, <laughs> I don't care
2: whatsoever because I don't have them
0: at all. <laughs> let's, move <to> the, <laughs> let's move to the flip side of this and look at some sell high candidates and guys who are maybe overperforming or playing a little out of their minds right now, and it's time to capitalize, right? Like the people at the beginning of the year, um, fantasy owners, they're emotional, right? Like they're basing it so much off what's in front of you. And you think, oh, my God, this guy's starting off uh, fantastic. He's going to do this all year. It's going to be great. He's never done this before, though. And that's the thing. So maybe it's a little, you know, start something to start you should really be looking into. Maybe we can capitalize. And, th- and that's how I kind of look at it. More so as This is a stock that's overperforming, and, ha- and this is the time to get out of it. So with that in mind, who are you guys looking to sell high, Jace? Let's go with you. Who are you starting with?
1: I'm going to start off with Donze Kopitar. He's got seven points. his first six games and I think we just all know that Los Angeles cap is just a mid-range scoring mid-range offensive team like we don't think of Los Angeles really being a strong offensive team like if you look at his line like Adrian Kempe got moved up there and he's starting to score some goals but Adrian Kempe Alex I follow when I see those guys all in a line together I'm not thinking like wow this is a dangerous line, right? And I really think that his, like Anze Cap Koptar's ceiling is like a 60 to 65 point pace player during a regular season. So I think he's overperforming. And even if you look at the team shooting percentage right now when he's on the ice, it's it's above the average. Like it's 5% above the average, which may not seem significant, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it regresses and you start to notice. And He's just someone that I think that you can get really, really good value for. If someone's just purely looking at point production right now, he's got more than a point per game he's averaging. He's someone who got two points in three games uh, and hasn't been on the score sheet in the others. I think it's someone that you can move for a valuable asset right now. And if you can go for one of those top forwards in fantasy hockey, that's crucial. So
0: what would you be looking to get for Kopitar?
1: Like Johnny Gaudreau. like Gaudreau. listen, you're gonna to have to pay a little bit more. But Johnny Goudreau has got, I think he has three points in three games, four points in three games. So I think he's just on a much better offensive team to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think it's someone who, for positional versatility too, in, in the category of leagues, he's a left-wing and a right-wing guy. He's someone I've always had my eye on throughout the entire season. I think you're probably gonna to have to package someone else. But if you gonna- if you're yeah, if you're saying that I can take you know, Anze Kopitar and package him with like a mid-range forward for Johnny Gaudreau. I'm, I'm taking that deal. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that deal. And yeah, sure. I, I think people are just high on him. You look at the point production right now, they're going to see, oh, he's the 27th ranked player in standard fantasy. It means something. People are swayed by that. I think he's a good mm-hmm. sell-high
3: candidate. I think people haven't really been noticing how good he's been in recent years because he's on LA. But yeah. last year, 62 points in 70 games. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's he a was great a player. Three yeah. years ago, still, I know it's yeah. 2017, 2018. 92 points in 82 games. Yeah. He can continue to put up these points. I am not rushing to sell him, but mm-hmm. he, his value is higher than it will be at the end of the year, getting seven mm-hmm. points in five yeah. games. But you also have to know his shot percentage is going to go up. He scored zero goals. So yeah. I really don't think. He is someone you should be looking to sell. But if you're able to get value, you obviously sell him.
0: It's selling, selling high, right? Like we're, yeah. all these players that we're about to list, you shouldn't really be going out of your way to sell them, right? It's only if you can capitalize and, and, and get more for an asset, right? That you maybe didn't put much capital into in to begin with. So a guy like Kopitar, um, like, like you're saying, I wouldn't be rushing to sell him either. He's still chipping on the power play. He's by far their best player. But if you can upgrade for a guy like a Drew, like for sure, if you can package 100%. that, for sure, for sure, no argument there. I don't think anyone's doing a Kopitar for drill one for one though.
1: Like, come no, up, not, not one happening. for one. No, no, no. It's but if you can package happening. that, like I'm gonna still want a similar offensive caliber player who's on a better
3: offensive team.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so Kyle, let's flip to you. Let's go. give me a sell high candidate.
3: Give me Tom Wilson. Uh, he's been putting up a ton of points early this season. He is three goals and he has three goals on eight shots mm-hmm. and he's not necessarily a shooter yeah so uh, th- those numbers are gonna fall back down to earth see if you mm-hmm. can get a trigger happy player in your league who might not know much about fantasy to mm-hmm. bite on Wilson because he's not gonna stay on the power play once all the Russians are back and he's not gonna be able to keep up this production I don't I don't care what you say so I'm, <laughs> I'm selling Wilson the soonest chance I have to be honest he's one I'm looking to sell uh, unlike Kopitar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I think that's a really good point, especially in banger leagues where hey, he's got that reputation where he can actually provide you with pins and hits too. I feel like someone would really overvalue him there. Steven, let me yes. uh, give me a buy, give me a buy, sell high candidate here.
2: Yeah, uh, you know what? And I, I, I know I brought him up earlier, but it's too much of a perfect fit. Kevin Hayes, mm-hmm. it, you said it yourself. He is not more than a seventy, eighty point a game, uh, or eighty points a season player and he's over that right now. Mm-hmm. He is overproducing. Kevin you know, is a good A4. one.
0: I was thinking about mentioning it earlier, but like he's not on the first power play right now. He is on the first line. He's playing great, but maybe that production does start to drop a bit. So I yeah, yeah. he's a great buy uh but sell high candidate. So let's I think that's a good little place to wrap it up. And I want to end with one little segment here before we uh we let you go here. And I want to tell we're going to get into some story times here. And, and I know Kyle's got a story for us that he'd like to share. And, you know, I think he might get a little emotional about it. So, so don't give him too much heck after this. But, Kyle, share with us your story that happened in your, in your league this week.
3: It's been a rough fantasy week for your boy over here. I made a trade with the commissioner of the league, and I gave him Stutzel for Anthony Manta. And I was excited because I also have Dylan Larkin on the team.
0: So This is a keeper league too, this right? It's a keeper
3: league, yeah. And okay. I got – and for the record, Stutzel was in the second last round. So if Stutzel performs, you get an elite player in the second last round of a keeper league. That's mm-hmm. good value if you're the commissioner of the league. And I got Manta, who was a top 100 player. So I thought both of us got some value there. And then the league goes ahead and decides to veto it. And I, I was shocked. I'm like, you know what? Okay, they're going to veto every trade this year. No trades are going to happen. And then the same commissioner throws two, th- two trades through, but there are his own trades. First, he trades... Kyle Palmieri for Jack Hughes, which I have no idea how that went through. And then he packages Hughes and Konechny for Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler.
0: So what were the, what were the, what were the reasons for your trade getting vetoed, though?
3: Stutzel's pre-season ranking was so much lower than Mantha's that it would make no sense, and only an idiot would make that trade if you're the commissioner. But, mm-hmm. it, but people aren't realizing it's a keeper league. And what, one of my biggest pet peeves in fantasy are people that are trigger happy on the veto. In my opinion, a veto should only be used if there is collusion in the league. Not if you think yeah. your chance of winning is worse because of a trade. Because no matter what, your chance of winning is always going to be worse because of a trade. Someone always wins. And if two people have a contract, let's say we're negotiating at a farmer's market and I buy something for $20 and you're like, wait, mm-hmm. I would have paid you 25 for it. It doesn't matter. My trade already went through. We made a contract exactly. and that's what a trade in fantasy hockey is. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not about if it affects you and you have a worse chance of winning, right? Like uh, I, so you're going to get me on a little tangent here. I am so against vetoing. I think it's the absolute worst thing for fantasy hockey. And, and really, I don't even think people should be given the option to veto. I think like if, if there's a, tra- a trade that like, you know, that's probably collusion, it comes up. But in my opinion, you cannot, say this person can't trade this person because it's going to make my team worse. Right. And that's all you're doing here. you it's, it's sovereignty if we're really honest, right? Like, like you have to give people the option to make their own moves and it t- sets a terrible, terrible precedent for the rest of the year. if if you're videoing trades that you think are unfair for you, right? Like at the end of the day, these guys think are making trades trying to improve their team. Right. And if there's no collusion, if they're not making trades that are like, you know what? Give me Sidney Crosby. I'll give you, uh, you know, um, uh, Roman Polak and everything. Fine. No, no one will notice. But, but obviously people clue into that. But at the same time, if it's a new person and they trade Sidney Crosby, they've never played fantasy hockey before. and They trade Sidney Crosby for, you know, Bo Horvat, right? Who's having a great year to start the year. You know what? It is what it is. You have to, they'll, they'll learn. At the end of the day, they're going to learn. And it might have an impact on your league. But that's how it is. You can't just say, no, he can't do that because that's the worst for my, my team now.
3: Yeah, exa- exactly. Where I, I, my personal opinion is that the commissioner should be the only one with veto power. And the only time they really do it is near the trade, deadline when the top-ranked team in the league is with the bottom-ranked team in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that right. this trade probably right. shouldn't be going down.
0: Mm-hmm. But You, you can kind of tell, right? Like, it's trades like <laughs> that. Or if it's trades like a, a guy's trying to get into the playoffs and they make a little shady deal – where you can kind of tell, you know, like this guy wouldn't do this at the beginning of the year, right? Last place making a trade. Who loves that?
2: Last place player making a trade. It's three quarters of the season through. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. Unless they're, unless they're in a dynasty league and getting actual assets for next year. 100%. That's fine. That's kinda do
3: Getting draft picks, getting assets. Just, I'd like to say something to the listeners. Please do not collude in your league honestly, who are you where you're defrauding your friends out of money in a fake fantasy hockey game? This is a game for fun. There's no room for collusion. There's no room for cheating, and everyone knows that. So, if you don't do that, there's no need for a veto, and I'm not pissed off like this. So, do
1: that for me, <laughs> Honestly, I think the more upsetting part about Kyle's situation is that the trades were processed right after, which were probably more egregious trades to begin with. Um Like... I was actually pretty angry for Kyle, but I was playing Kyle, so I was like, oh no, <laughs>
3: shucks. Oh, I'd be beating yeah. you right now for the record if the trade went through, because Stutzel's over there on my IR, and Manta scores.
0: Getting back on topic, the moral of the story here, don't veto. Don't veto, don't <laughs> cheat. Be an honest fantasy hockey player, and it's, bad, it's better for everyone.
1: So just before we got we log off here I got one more thing I wanted to mention is that just pay attention to who's being dropped in your leagues like Rasmus Dalien has been dropped in a decent amount of leagues and so has Kevin Fiala and those are both guys that you would want on your teams and I'm getting that reminder a lot in Yahoo I'm seeing it a lot in my other leagues mm-hmm. just be mindful of that make sure you're staying on top of people that are being dropped right That's all.
0: These aren't guys you should be dropping obviously there are deeper leagues that do have deeper wires but no, in, my, in our opinions, you gotta you gotta hold, you gotta wait it out. These guys are gonna perform. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, we've been through a lot today. It's always been, it's been fun. A lot of stuff to, to divulge, and it's been going to be a big week ahead. We got our second week matchups coming up. Uh, I beat Jace this week, so I'm happy about that. And uh, one last thing I wanted to mention here just before we leave, I wanted to say uh, rest in peace to one of the Leaf legends, George Armstrong. Passed away this morning. One of the best leaps ever. Just wanted to give him a little shout out and everything he's done for the Leaf organization. So with, another, with that in mind, we're happy you've tuned in. Um, tune in next week as well. Follow us on Instagram, tw- on Twitter, the underscore FH network. And we'll speak to you next week.